It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Great to have you in on a Thursday. A lot to get to. Make sure you check out LockedOnBengals.com. Every single podcast posted there. A ton of articles and more at LockedOnBengals.com. Subscribe on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. You can get this podcast. It comes every single day, Monday through Friday, your daily Bengals fix here with the Locked On Bengals podcast. And if you're New to the podcast, someone that joins us pretty much every single week is Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. And earlier this week, Joe, I talked about uh, Odell Beckham. And I think, and in, in yesterday Adam Schefter came out and said he thinks maybe a first and a third or a first and a fourth could get Odell Beckham from the Giants. I'll tell you right now, if Odell Beckham can be had for the 21st pick in, let's say, the Bengals' second, third-round pick, I do it, and I do it, and then I do it again, and then I laugh when it actually happens. <laughs> I no? hear you because you're no. I don't, because I'm what? Because I'm what? Because, because you because text me and said you're not on the Odell bandwagon. Why? Because I'm trying to be of two minds of this. Number one, I'm with you. Let's add talent wherever we can. Odell Beckham is fantastic and fun and so good and exactly what the Bengals could use anyone could use Odell Beckham to be honest with you but so I, I'm with you there on the other hand I, I take a step back and I go okay so the Bengals get Odell Beckham and they give up their first round pick and more picks All right, so let's say they have they 11 I understand that but <laughs> let's say uh, the, I think Schefter said they are, they're asking for two first round picks yep. I, don't, I, I don't think they're getting that but, no Let's say a first. What do we let's let's for for conversation's sake. Let's say a first, a third, and a fifth. Okay, is that say is that fair? Fine. First and a third this year. I would make the fifth next year. But go ahead. Fine. Either way, that's that's okay. Fifth doesn't matter. Anyways, they have three of them. Why yeah. why not give them this year? But all right. So so now you got the Bengals. You got Odell Beckham. You got John Ross. Maybe even you you trade John Ross for Odell Beckham, right? But let's let's. No, let's I keep them. I want a plethora. I want them all. You just want weapons. Just you can't come for yeah, us weapons. Correct. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I, all right. <laughs> what if John Ross pans out? Well, then good luck because your linebackers are going to have to guard John Ross because we're so stacked. So now you got to give Vota Beckham fifteen million a year. Doesn't okay. really matter to us. The Bengals are, are in great cap cap shape. You know the guaranteed money and all that doesn't really matter to us. The Bengals have to worry about that. So you do that. Yep. Now we're looking at the roster. Now you still have. An issue, and I think you still have a few issues. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is still not very good. Um, it's still, at this point today, even though they have added Cordy Glenn, uh, they don't have a starting center. Nope. I think we're hoping somebody out of the three guys at right tackle and right guard step up to be a solid starter, but it's not a guarantee. And from there, Andy Dalton is still the quarterback. And you have to say, can you win a Super Bowl with Andy Dalton with a below-average offensive line, but phenomenal. Maybe the best wide receiver core ever assembled if you put Green and Odell Beckham together. So could that elevate him enough to the point where he's going to win a shootout with Tom Brady, You know, even though he's got the superior weapons? And I still come away thinking, I'm not sure it, it will make that difference. So do you do it? Do you, do you give up all these assets? Do you, do you mortgage other positions because you're going to have to pay so much at wide receiver? You're giving up so many assets, so many resources at wide receiver and, and money and cap space that you're going to be weak somewhere else. You're going to be weak on the offensive line. You're going to probably be still continue to be weak at linebacker um, unless you nail these day three draft picks. But let, you know, let's be realistic. So you're going to have issues. Would it be enough to overcome those issues and get this team over the hump? With Marvin Lewis still as the head coach. Oh, my God. And, I and right, I put all that out there because would it matter that much if he's on this team? Are you doing this? Like I'm just uh, being serious. Okay, fine. Well, is Mike McGlinchey enough? <laughs> and he's not even supposed to be there at 21, but is that enough? Like Mike no. McGlinchey and... Mike McGlinchey on his own is not enough. That's the but, but he makes the offensive line that much better. But a John Ross being exactly who we think he is and who he can be, and Mike McGlinchey being maybe a top right tackle or top tackle in the league, 
you're getting much closer, I think, that right? Because then you still have your third-round pick. Maybe that's a speedy linebacker. Um, you're still way cheaper on the cap space, so a normal team could go and and sign a guy in free agency. Um, a normal team. That, you just right, said that. But we're, we're talking about a normal team because the Bengals would never trade for Beckham, Lodo Beckham anyways, right? No, they wouldn't, but they should. That's my point. Sure. Hell yes, Everyone they should. should. Everyone should. My question from here is, does it make them that much closer doesn't get them that much closer to the Super Bowl for entertainment purposes let's do it um I I'm concerned that this team wouldn't be able to overcome the the weaknesses they they currently have yeah but isn't like here true or false and I I pay attention to you and I try to pay attention to almost every expert I can draft wise is it deep at linebacker in this draft relatively deep yes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. there you go. So I'm not worried about that. Especially athletic guys this year. It's way easier to find an athletic guy than a run stopper. It used to be the opposite five years ago. So so we can do that. We can address the athletic linebacker spot, with whether it's third or something like that. We'll get into the center position because I think, honestly, right tackle center, I think the center is something that they need to address. I've, I've said it all along. They can do that with 46, with the pick at 46. So if you're telling me that a month ago we had the 12th pick, and I'm going to take the 12th overall pick, turn it into a left tackle who could be a pro bowler if he's healthy and he's in his prime and under contract for three years, and Odell Beckham Jr. plus a well, third and a fifth. Like, that's that's huge to me. Hell, yes, I do that. Like, to me... Well, when you, when you point it out that way, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so, but that's that's the reality of it, though. I mean, honestly, I mean, that's what they did is, is the 21st pick. Who, out of... Let's just think about the past first-round picks that the Bengals have had, and and then you look at Odell Beckham, they're not going to get a guy at 21, no matter who it is, that's close to the, the to Odell Beckham as far as skill set. And that doesn't even mean wide receiver. Like, outside of William Jackson, when's the last, like, elite talent that stayed healthy? And I guess William Jackson. I'm hasn't. glad you added that. But because it's because... Eifert. It's Eifert. But outside of that, right. who is it? And what I was going to say, listen, I said this on your last year at this time, a month before the draft, and we started when we were talking about John Ross at this time. Yep. I said he's got a lot of Odell Beckham I know. in him. I didn't think he had the spectacular catch type stuff that Beckham has, but the route running, the quickness, the speed, the elusiveness after the catch. Yes, very much like Beckham. Um, I, I, other people compared him to him similarly. Uh, if he is who we think, and you, like you said, you put the health in there. Yeah, I mean that's that's the part that that gives me pause. If say Ross caught even thirty passes last year, just had a a, a a below average rookie year, I don't think we'd look at this receiver position with such desperate need the way we are right now. But the fact is, he didn't do anything, so we're sitting here like you know we, we it's easy to forget about him. That if he does turn into anything that we thought he could be, you may not need Odell Beckham Jr. And that's crazy because he's top five receiver, but. You only got so many balls to go around. It only helps you so much that the upgrade there is only marginal. Oh, man. And I don't mean the upgrade oh. lost to Beckham. I mean the upgrade in terms of making your receiving core from a B-plus to a A-plus. Is it a B-plus? If, if, if Ross is the number nine overall pick talent and playing – yeah, yeah, it probably is. I agree. Right? I agree. Yeah, if he's great. But now I can't count on great, and I could – you know who I can count? I can't count on Mike McGlinchey either or Isaiah Wynn or whoever they get with the 21st yeah, pick. I know. I can count on Odell Beckham. Like, say what you want about what, his – What can you count on? You can count on him being injured because he's been injured a lot too. You can count on him being – Silly, silly, being silly, being being like uh, a drama. Maybe part of that is New York and the New York media hounding him. He would come here and, and be Chad 2.0, and people on Twitter are acting like that's a negative thing. By the way, people love Chad. We would, we would, I, I would give my, I would give a hundred. No, I don't have that much money. I would give a lot of money though to have a Chad opposite AJ Green in his prime. The, the Bengals fans our age, between 20 and 35, are still Bengals fans because of Chad, okay? Whether they like to admit it or not. That he, was, he's Chad. You know, he's Chad, and he made it fun, and then they started to win. But, you know, yes, the entertainment value, that that you can attract me with that alone because it would be fun, and it would be heartbreaking when Andy Dalton misses him on third down or, or throws it away instead of uh, instead of getting hit, even though both guys are running free with their hands in the air. Uh, I was watching film the other day, and I'm, uh, 
pass we talked about against the Colts where Green's running wide open down down the middle of the field uh, towards the end zone and Dalton was throwing it away and I was just like, oh, I, I, you know, even with another receiver, even with getting Odell Beckham, you're still going to have those issues. Now, don't get me wrong because I've advocated that if you surround Dalton with weapons, you can get good production. Um, I just don't know if it's enough. Yeah, I, and would it be enough? I'm not sure. And people are talking about the contract and the money you can make and all that stuff. Look, I've never seen someone sit out the entire season when they get tagged. I don't buy that at all. He makes 8.5 this year. You could tag him for the next two years. And by the way, yeah. he'd be playing opposite A.J. Green. Look, the Bengals, right. I've accepted. I, I would rather, honestly, Joe, be talking to you about Lamar Jackson and what quarterback they could get potentially, even at 21. They're not going to do that. So... If I could get Odell Beckham and give him, like, Beckham's better than Green. There you go. You want to take Odell Beckham Jr. when he's on the field. It, it makes big pl- bigger plays than A.J. Green does. The Giants wouldn't be trading A.J. Green right now. No, because he's not, again, the player when he's on the field. Now he's gets in a fight with kicking nets and does all this weird stuff off the field and has pictures, and I'd probably rather have A.J. Green. But when Odell Beckham is on the field and he lines up, He's scarier than AJ Green is, I think, for a lot of a lot the, of opposing defenses. The two scariest receivers, route in and route out, out are Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. Because you can't cover them. Because it's not just the deep stuff. It's not the short stuff. It's not. It's after the catch. It's the precision and the explosion in and out of their cuts and breaks. The deceptiveness in the routes. They're, uh, especially with Beckham's ability to go up and get any pass, even for not being a uh, a really huge target. Um, yeah. Uh, Athletically, and as, as, as much as he's gifted and his, his ability, Otto Beckham Jr. could be the best receiver in the league on any given play and any given snap. So I get that. Um, you know, he kind of, it's kind of like T.O., though, I guess, right? T.O. was so good. And his antics weren't that bad. I think as fans, we loved it. Um, but teams got so frustrated or, or just tired of it and would just – you know, he went from team to team to team, and it was fun for a while for each team that got him, and everyone was excited, and it would burn out really quickly. And I wonder if Odo Beckham's going down that path. I honestly do, because he's so good. And the Giants, if they're keeping Eli Manning, if they're not drafting a quarterback, you think the Super Bowl window is open now for them, or at least they're going to try and get into that spot um, to be there. And trading him does not help them at all. Like for that's a loss for them if they got to pick twenty first and a third round pick. Yeah, you that's know, why you do it. Rebuild. Kelvin Ridley with the twenty first pick is not going to help them get over the hump. That's why you do it. That's why you do it. I mean, that's it. That's it. And, and imagine, think about it, like. The Eagles, what did they do on offense? Like their first-round bust, Nelson Aguilar, was actually a contributor, and he played a role, and I, I never thought he was uh, going to be as bad as he was the first couple years. But like Ross as the third guy, now we're talking about one of the better offenses in the league. You can still address the offensive line. I want to talk to you about center. It just, to me, and by the way, I haven't read it yet, but Paul Daner Jr. had something on uh, – Cincinnati.com about how they're like in win now mode. Like the Bengals yeah. ownership is in win now mode. Look, if you're in win now mode, you're trading the 21st pick and a couple mid round picks. Like, think about it. if you lost Kevin Zeitler and you traded that compensatory pick, some fifth round pick and the 21st overall pick for Odell Beckham. Like, now losing Kevin Zeitler doesn't hurt as much to me. <laughs> it seems more worth it. Crazy? Am I crazy? I would agree. No, you're not crazy. I just. Even even with that, we're still going to sit here and say, man, the offensive line got their ass kicked Sunday. But not if they get a center that we're going to talk about in a second at 46. Like, I want them to anyway. Honestly, here's another take for you, Joe. We can transition to center. By the way, real quick, uh, the poll I posted, and this is on LockdownBengals.com, 52% say, hell yes, trade their first-round pick. I didn't, I didn't know what else to add to it because I didn't know at that time when I posted it right. for Odell Beckham. <laughs> Forty-eight percent say no way. I was surprised it was that close. Nearly seventeen hundred. I was surprised too. I voted in. also. Yeah, you said. What'd you say? I said no. Oh my god! Again. And I only said no because I don't think the team is close. They've yeah. had, they've been a bad team for two years. If they were in <laughs> win now mode, I agree. I don't think they're close. Mike McGlinchey, and that's if if he falls, like you hope he falls to twenty-one. I'm I not do. saying Mike McGlinchey is the savior. Isaiah you know wins. 
he helps for he, he helps <laughs> get their offensive line to where it needs to be. He helps them get the nine wins in a first round playoff exit. You're right. Yeah, so Odell Beckham helps them get to eleven no wins, and they beat the Steelers next year in the AFC North. They'd get a bye. Maybe there's, Maybe there's if he's not hurt. <laughs> This is fun. Listen, Odell Beckham is fantastic. Very I rarely do we disagree, this. so this is fun. And and I'm always for adding talent, always, 100%. Um, I think when you go overboard at a certain position, and I think that's what that would be, because I still want John Ross to be a who he is. Yeah. And so if you go overboard at that position, you know 100% you're going to affect another position or two, because Beckham's going to make a lot of money. You're going to hurt a couple more positions big time. Um for me, I wish it was an offensive line. I would rather be like hurting at running back, but they already drafted those guys and then paid Bernard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd rather not pay my tight end then at this point if you're going to do it um, and, and just go with mostly receivers and, and rotate the guys through, the, through at tight end. But they're not in that situation. If Had there been more secure on the offensive line and weaker at those other two spots, I'd say, yeah, go load up receiver and that, that can be your offense. But I just don't think they're in that position. He's Joe Goodberry. <clears throat> Excuse me. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry, writing for The Athletic. And you have a piece coming out about the center position. And that's what I want to get to next, Joe, is because to me, it's interesting. Everyone's harping on center. And they're going to, like, it'll be like a chalkboard, nails on a chalkboard or something for some Ohio State fans. I don't think there's a center from Ohio or Arkansas, maybe even Iowa. I don't know if there's a Big Ten center worth the 21st pick. I don't think, and, and James Daniels probably the best, in my mind, center in the draft. I still don't think the Bengals seriously consider him at 21. They're weird with size and things. I think they might try to trade back and get a center. I'd be willing to bet right now the Bengals don't take a center with the 21st pick. Yes, I can see that. Um, I keep doing those mock drafts, you know, fan speak or with the first pick, those type of things. Yeah. And you get to the 21st pick, and all three centers are there, as expected. They're, they should be all, all there. And you go, man, one of these guys are going to be there at 46. Maybe two of them will be there at 46. And, you know, if you're trying to plan your draft out that way, which you should, you should always probably have an eye on the next pick just to maximize value. Um, yeah, you can't. It's hard to get yourself around to drafting a guy at 21 even though it's probably the biggest need on the team right now after signing Preston Brown at linebacker. I'm not the biggest fan, but I do think it, it secures that middle linebacker spot for at least a year. Um, I think right now it, it's center because you don't have anybody there, at least at right guard. You are you have th- a three-way battle probably between Alex Redman, Christian Westerman, and uh, Trey Hopkins. Maybe one of those guys steps up and you and you get a solid contributor. I think the same situation at right tackle with Fisher and Oboe and maybe Bobby Hart's in there, and maybe one of those guys steps up. But at center, it's T.J. Johnson, and maybe they move another guy to that spot. I think center is the biggest need. Uh, so I've been watching them like crazy lately. And um, James Daniels, I think from from Iowa, and is the rarest of them, and it makes him the most attractive to me because his athleticism, his length is is insane. Um, he is really uncomparable to a lot of guys because it, it's not normal for that position to be that athletic, to get out of your, your stance that quickly, to get to the second level that quickly. He actually overruns some of his blocking assignments because he's he's just so fast and so quick out of there. And he's 20 years old, so maybe he's still developing in that area. I think he is. Uh, but that length is so rare, and it makes him stand out so much for those reach blocks and the zone blocking scheme in Iowa. Uh, if they took him at 21, I'd have no problem at all because I, I think you're you're getting a guy that could be the best center in the league and athletically is going to be up there right away. Uh, and that, that intrigues me. And I, I think he's a great pass protector, too, already. He's probably the most balanced guy with the best feet. I do think he can get bull rushed a little bit because he's a little light. He looked like he played around 290, 295. He just weighed at the at the combine at 306 and at the pro day at 309. So he's gaining weight. He said he can get to 315, no problem. He just kept the weight low because he didn't need it. Um, if that's true, that's great because he's going to need it in the NFL. The next guy for me is Frank Ragnall out of out of Arkansas, and honestly, he surprised me the most. I saved Ooh, him when I was watching. That's other, not Billy other... Price. It's not Billy Price, <laughs> and I'll get to him, and I'll tell you why. I like Ragnall first, I I saved him because he had an ankle injury. He missed time this last year, um, and he hasn't been able to go through the combine stuff. So I was kind of like, all right, he's he's a second, third round guy, uh, and because of the medicals, and now he's cleared. He he did his pro day stuff. He had really good numbers at his pro day. 
I watched Billy Price, and I went to Ragnow after. I watched Ragnow, and he's the best center right now. And he's technically refined. He's strong. He's six foot five. He's got the length and wingspan on him. Uh, power run blocker, but yet he's the best blocker in the second level in open space in this draft, easily. And he gets on these linebackers. He knows angles. He understands his athleticism, which he's a decent athlete. Uh, I, I just saw a video of him dunking. And um, he he gets in front of these linebackers. He blocks them. He latches on. He doesn't allow them to disengage. The Bengals have struggled to block in the second level, just mostly because they haven't had the athletes. And then when they did with Fisher and Abwehi, they really didn't understand when when and where to block. That's the other part of it. And right now has that. And uh, if you put on, like, Ole Miss from 2016, that game, he probably gets about 12 nasty or key blocks in the second level running on the zone scheme and getting getting in there. He's very, very, very good. Um, I don't know where the injury is. He, even though he, he's cleared to, to participate now, uh, each team's going to have their own medical on him. I don't. I still don't think because it's so late in the in the process that he's going to get into the first round. But to me, he kind of reminds me of the, the 2012 draft when the Bengals took Kevin Zeitler. Uh, they traded back from 21 to 27 that year with the Patriots. Got an extra third round pick. I think that ended up being Brandon Thompson. But they traded back because. That year, there was only like 16 to 18 first-round grades. I think it's very similar this year. So you're going to end up at 21 again. They were originally picking 21 there, too. And you're going to say, our first-round guys are gone. Um, We're happy with this second group of players, but we're taking at the top of that value. Uh, If a team offers a third-round pick, obviously you're going to trade back. And I think... They could, that's going to put them in a position to draft the first center if they want to go back to 24, 25, 26, 27 in that range. Uh, and I think you could take a Frank Bragg now there. Uh, I do think one of these guys are going to be there at 46. And I, I think mm-hmm. the most likely one is Billy Price. Even though I know a lot of Ohio State fans like him, I know originally people were saying first round pick in a, in a weak overall class, but a good offensive line class, especially interior. Uh, but the more I watch him, the more he looks like a guard. And he did play some guards. So did Bragg now. Um, but Price with his shorter arms and, and kind of that boxy frame and his aggressive style, he's fit to be inside where he can get hands on guys and, and, and wrestle them. He wants to wrestle. And that's typically what you want at guard. If you see him in pass protection, a lot of times he's going to step back and he looks for somebody to hit. A lot of times your center just has to step back and protect both sides and not get too aggressive and go help the left guard or right guard. We see that with Russell Bodine a lot where he'll go help and then the, that blitz up the middle or that loop or stop back inside gets the Bengals beat. I see that a lot with Billy Price. Um, maybe he'll develop out of that. I do think he's a better athlete than a normal power, strong guy. And he's got some explosive steps. I don't think he is super uh, agile, but he gets into that second level. He creates explosion through his power, too, if you know what I mean. He, he gets on the that defensive tackle or nose tackle. He's got really good hips, really good midsection power, and he can turn those guys out. Even though he can't get to that reach block as well as the other two uh, centers, I think he drives that D tackle out of there, out of the hole, better than those other two guys. So if you want the power guy, he may be the one you're looking for. But I think in pass protection, he's probably the worst of the three because he's over-aggressive and off-balance so often. With, with those short arms and aggressive play style, he lunges for these key tackles. He wants to make contact. He wants to bring them in close. And the finesse guys make a miss often. He doesn't have the feet to recover. So I think Price will be there at 46. So that makes me say, do you want – and I think to say all three guys I think are immediate starters – good starting centers in the NFL, and complete drastic upgrades from Russell Bodine. So if you think one of them or two of them could be there at 46, and I think there's a chance, I find it very hard to take one at 21. <laughs> you know what that means? That they can upgrade at center, left tackle, and wide receiver with a top two or three wide receiver, and it still work. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing. That's what that is. Is that what you heard from that? Yes, that's what I took from that. Is they could <laughs> trade for Odell Beckham. They could get... Billy Price or one of these other centers, which I'm totally on board with, and listeners here know I've I've said wait on center. And, and why in the world in I could totally see the scenario where they trade back and add another third round pick, and it's valuable, especially on a team that needs needs or, or has plenty of needs like the Bengals. At the same time, they have eleven picks. Like I want them using some of those fifth round picks to trade up in the third round, anyways. Like yeah. and go from pick on one hundred to pick eighty if they need to to get whoever they need to get. So 
I don't know. I, I get it. You want a lot of second and third rounders, but is a an extra fourth round pick to go from 21 to 25 worth it, especially if they would just take my advice and trade for Odell Beckham Jr.? No. <laughs> of course not. See? But, See? But, listen. They're now, not, not going to do it. I know. I know. But what if, like, a Tremaine Edmonds linebacker is still there at 21? Or And I know none of these guys are going to directly compare to what Odell Beckham is now. What I'm point is, that's when I can see them saying, okay, Vita Vea, nose tackle. And let's say he's, like, top 12 or 15 on their board. I could see this happening. Um, and he's still there at 21. Mm-hmm. They could see that as a drastic upgrade at nose tackle and sure. still get their center in the second round. You you solidify those trenches. They're potentially a much better team by, by getting two immediate starters like that. I'm not a big fan of Via, uh, mostly in the first round because of I don't think he's going to be a pass rusher in the NFL. I think he can help in the base defense, but I don't think he's going to play a nickel. Uh, so for me, um, that's not worth it, but I could see them doing that and really upgrading the trenches. Yeah, I get it. Look, I get it. I understand. It's just to me, I you were you were talking there about the centers, and I was like, hell, I'm going to go on fan speak. So I go on fan speak right now, and I'll list the players that that I have to pick from at 21. Josh Jackson, Marcus Davenport, Rashawn Evans, uh, Vander Esch from Boise, Billy Price, James Daniels, Malik Jefferson, Harold Landry, Sam Hubbard, uh, Jair Alexander, Colton Miller, which I do not want. I don't. I don't know why. No. I just. I don't want him just because Kuiper is it Kuiper or McShay? One of them have him Kuiper. going to going to the Bengals, and I don't want him just for that reason. Sony Michelle. I can tell you about Colton Miller, and you won't want him. Yeah, there either. you go. Mar- uh, Maurice Hurst. Like th- those are the guys. So which one would you take out of those? The problem is, like <laughs> so I said, tough. about 2012, there's only probably 16 to 20 first-round graded guys this year. There's a large group of second-rounders, probably 40 guys that are worth that, those picks. Um, and the guys you're reading from are second-round guys. And I think Jair Alexander is really good. Uh, I wouldn't. I really don't want to take a corner if I can avoid it, I think, for the Bengals. Uh, so, yeah, you're sitting there and you're saying we're choosing between – what, the best, maybe pre-tech, Maurice Hurst, and Leighton Vander Esch, a linebacker that maybe is, is good, but at the same time, he's a developmental prospect. Uh, he's only started one year. He's so not overly athletic, is he? He tested really well. It doesn't show up on tape. Yeah. You can tell he hesitates. He's still reading. I think he played 9-on-9 football or something in high school, and he didn't play until this last year at Boise. So he's still developing, but... When he flashes, he flashes big time. Watch the Oregon game. I've heard about uh, the know. Oregon game. Yeah, yeah, he dominates, and it's you know it's late in the season. You see the if you watch his games in order, you see the development rapid, and that that gives you hope. And I think he's going to be a first round pick. But um, you know the Bengals kind of have that opportunity to let him develop. He's an inside backer, in my opinion, or Sam. So if they wanted to play him just on base downs, they could do that. Uh, but he tested crazy well. A- anyways. Um, for me, I just my, I did my first mock draft of the year uh, on the athletic. I gave them Justin Reed from Stanford, who is a safety. And again, I don't think he's a top twenty player, but he's a probably twenty five to thirty five type guy. And I like him a lot because he is super athletic, tested in the ninetieth percentile on almost everything. Uh, he covered the slot. He played uh, the deep free safety. Played strong safety for Stanford. He had a bunch of interceptions. He's got good ball skills, is quick and close. He's not the greatest tackler uh, for safety, but being a free safety, I can deal with it. And I also like the idea of he can play some safety and play some nickel corner. And if you lose Darquez Denard, maybe he moves into the nickel spot next year for him. Uh, or if you keep him, you get more athletic in the back half, and he maybe he rotates in. Maybe he plays some safety in your 4-3, and it allows you to, when those receivers or running backs or tight ends flex out, you don't have to bring in a nickel corner. You can stay and still defend the run and have your safety come down and cover them. So I like the idea of Justin Reed uh, there. But, again, I feel like all these guys are slight reaches. Yeah. Uh, so Justin Reed, Odell Beckham. Justin, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? Joe, I just uh, – it's it's insane to me. I, I don't – and I, here's the thing. I watch the Rams get Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue. So I'm tired of this, oh, the, the Madden, you know, dream scenario doesn't work. Well, the Rams are doing it. The 49ers have kind of done it. The Eagles have done it. It can work. The Bengals, they need to do it. 
It can work. Hey, you watch <laughs> basketball. They yeah. do it there. Just give me good players. Yes, exactly. And uh, we'll figure it out afterwards. Yes, absolutely. I was, but I it's was all right. You want to, you uh, want Justin Reed over Odell. I get it. No, of course not. I don't want no. any of these guys over Odell. But <laughs> I'm kidding. At the same I'm time, <laughs> I do want to upgrade some other positions. I, I get it. I get it. And that's the thing is Tyron Matthew. No, I'm just kidding. How about I was shocked. The last time we, we talked yeah, like this, one year, seven million. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, I almost I saw and that and almost had a heart attack. I'm dead serious. Re- almost had a heart report attack. Report said that there was a dozen teams interested. Yeah. So how do you get a one year, seven million out of that? Yeah, I, I don't know. But the safety market's so weird. By the way, let, let me it ask you, what do you know weird. about Eric Reed? That's Justin Reed's brother. Um He's good. I mean, last time I saw Eric Reed, he was good. I remember I read my prospect uh, notes on him, and he played a lot of free safety, built more like a strong safety. Uh, the 49ers had injuries at linebacker. They asked him if he would go and play some linebacker. He did that. I thought he looked decent doing that. I think he should be signed. I know why he's not signed, and it's messed up. And, you know, you kind of come away like, Man, Bengals, step up to the plate here and go get yourself a good player. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were interested, to be honest with you. I think if that happened before the draft in the next couple of weeks, you know, I wouldn't be that surprising. He'd sit kind of what I think they're looking for at that position. So, and probably be cheap at this point, free agency, and yeah. save you a draft pick in the first four rounds um, if they do want to continue to upgrade at safety, which I think they do. Uh, so, I wouldn't be surprised, and I think it would be a very, very good value signing right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I think. I think they when do he was drafted in 12 13 I think yeah, 13 13 uh in 2013 and he went the the 49ers traded up for him and I was hearing that the Bengals wanted him <laughs> I was hearing that the Bengals wanted him so the fact that and obviously they got Eifert and they love Eifert and he's still here and that's it's funny fun. because I, when I was looking through my prospect notes I I have a um a section next to him where I write if the Bengals are interested and I wrote I have a check next to his name Yeah I mean, they they were definitely interested. Him and Kenny Vaccaro, like those are two guys. The Bengals at least kicked the tires on, especially Reed, and uh, in the draft, and they're both out there free agency wise. Like that's how I would get my safety. Look, if they want to upgrade safety, do it that way, right? Yeah, that's a guy with starting experience. Both guys, um, both were good prospects. Different prospects. Vaccaro's more of the in college he was. So I I, I haven't seen much Saints defensive tape, and I know the Saints have. Had issues there. Well, yeah. Vaccaro was more of the Tyron Matthew, where he played the um, the the rover position back there, where it's the, the nickel corner safety linebacker kind of role for Texas. So, if the Bengals want to do that and get more to that, I'm for it. That's what he would do. I think Reed gives you the hybrid of what the Bengals like of the free safety, strong safety type. Um, he's not the pure free safety, but not the pure strong safety either. And that's kind of who the who they have, especially that he's similar to George Eloka, but a better athlete. Um, in that way. So I think either one would, would help solidify the depth there. And, and I don't know if, I don't know if each one, either one would start over who you have, to be honest, but they would, you know, play and give your guys some depth. I because Sean Williams and, and Aloka have missed some time and, and we saw too much of Josh Shaw and Clayton, uh, Fedgie Dellum last year. So if they can get one of those guys to replace them and, and be the next off the bench, I'm for it. Yeah. I think we, and I thought they were happy with it, but I think the Bengals don't like George Iloka as much as we think they like George Iloka. I think, right, after I think we talked about it, um, and hearing other things and looking at other things, you're right. I I do think they would be interested in getting a more prototypical free safety. Would that that be Reed then, you think? I don't know if it is. That's why I think they haven't brought him in yet. I think if he was a prototypical free safety, I think, other teams look past the political stuff and uh, and have brought them in because those guys are rare. So I think every team's looking for a prototypical free safety. I think they're the hardest ones to find right now. Um, that's why, like, if it was a surprise pick of Ronnie Harrison, the safety from Alabama, he was the free guy where Micah Fitzpatrick covered the slot and came down into the box. And it's it's really not free and strong anymore. It's field safety and boundary safety um, the way defenses are. So it's kind of hard to imagine like a Micah Fitzpatrick being the strong safety. But in, in general terms, that's what he was. Well, Harrison was the free guy. And I think if they wanted like a surprise pick or not that they want to surprise us, but that could be a guy there if they really wanted to upgrade that position. Um, and that's why I put Justin Reed also in my mock uh, going 21. 
but yeah, I think like an Eric Reed, even though he wouldn't be exactly what you want, you're this far in the free agency, you're not getting exactly what you want. Um, you're going to get a guy that can help and maybe upgrade you. Yeah, I agree. So here, here's how we do it. You ready? Here's the yep. the James general manager, and, and you tell me if I'm high or if we're going to win four games next year. Pick 21, um, a third rounder, I, I think it's pick 100, and a fifth round pick. I don't know the pick number in front of me. Don't have that in front of me. To the Giants for Odell Beckham. I, I okay. get Odell Beckham, a one-year deal. Um, try to sign him to a contract extension. If not, I'll, I'll get A.J. Green to call him and, and say, hey, let's form the best uh, wide receiver duo since like Moss and Chris Carter. And, uh, and then I sign Eric Reed. So we'll just uh, uh, address the, the safety issue at least a little bit now that you're not going to be able to take one in the first round and you're going to focus heavily on offensive line with your two picks on day three or on day two of the draft. I mm-hmm. also get very aggressive in the draft and consider trading up. There's a reason, like Carl Lawson fell last year to round four. You have three fifth round picks. Instead, you'll, you might have two. That's fine. Try to use those picks and move up if you think you can get guys in round four to five that can help you now. Line, I'm thinking linebackers. I know there's depth at the linebacker position in this draft. And then if you address center in round two, round three, you mentioned this on Twitter today, and I agree, and we don't have time today, but I do think Orlando Brown will be in their sights if he's there around then. You might be able to get two offensive linemen still. You address that issue. I get it. They have some defensive issues as far as like defensive tackle goes. But outside of that... What? And playing Carl Lawson at linebacker. Which shouldn't happen. Well, yeah. I, I, actually, I, I do need to ask you about that because that oh, my, my, I'm writing about that, too. My head hurts. I went back and watched the 2000-2001 Ravens watching Peter Bowler because of those comments from Marvin. <laughs> he made <laughs> well, you watch the 2000 Ravens. How did you watch anything without high definition? I don't know. It looks so bad now. Like, you could watch tape from, like, 06, and I'm like, that was 06. That wasn't even long ago. Um, They're like, Eddie George is grimacing in pain after that hit. I'm like, how can you tell? How can you? I can't see a face. <laughs> There's someone down there telling them and phoning it up. <laughs> right. They're radioing it back up to them. But I would do all of that. That's what I would do. That's the plan. And if if there's a defensive tackle, free agent defensive tackle that you think can help, fine. If not, you know, I'll draft one on, on day two. Or, or day three of the draft, depending on how the draft falls. That was Chris falls. Baker anyways. If Chris Baker, Chris Baker there you go. That's ago, right. They addressed it. He's yes. an upgrade. All right. So looking at that, that's my plan. Uh, do I get fired? Do I stay hired? Do I get my bonuses for team success? What do you think? You don't get fired next year. Be, be honest. The, Beng- the Bengals don't fire anybody, so you don't get fired next year. Um, I think the issue comes is... When you, uh, you see, I would want to have an extension with Odell before I traded for him, be given up all those assets. So now you're, now you're, you'd have to franchise him. So you're giving him, you know, 14 million or something like that. Uh, Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap are now free agents. So uh, now, probably... now, if he was willing, if he was willing to sign the 15 million per, like you said, I'm down. Sure. I'm not going right, to throw Odell three but years, 60 probably, million. You're probably not getting back Atkins or Dunlap. Or Denard, or maybe two of those three. You, you, by doing that, you ready for the take? I don't want yep, Dunlap because he's inconsistent, anyways, and he doesn't. Oh my god! And, 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 no, here, you ready? I, I'm serious. Carlos Dunlap. Carlos Dunlap could event? be. Carlos Dunlap could be one of the best in the league, and he underachieves. That's fine because he's super athletic, big, and there's really nothing that holds him back. He's really good. But he could be dominant, and he's dominant like twice a year, and it should be like seven to eight times a year. And that's, that's not fine. just me saying that. I think people within the organization feel that way. I think that's they fine. still want to and pay him. Under his current contract, though, he's got a great deal. And he does, you know, in terms of edge rushers, if he ever hit free agency, he'd make double. Sure. Yeah, sure. I get- so that's why, you know, right now he's been a great asset to the team, I think, over the life of his contract. If he was making. Twelve million a year, I think we thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, like uh, Marcus Lawrence is getting on his um, his uh, his tag. I think we'd have a problem with Carlos Dunlap's play. So I don't think you're totally off base. Um, but you'd be getting much worse on the defensive line by losing him. And a- now, assuming Michael Johnson or Jordan Willis are getting in there. No, but see, I, Johnson would be gone anyways. LaFell would be gone, so that's freeing up. I, I, I know they'd that pay LaFell a million dollars. That would have to free it up. 
Yeah, so th- they're, there's they're both free million. agents after this year, anyways, aren't they? Yep. So I mean, there would be. There's got to be money somewhere. I mean, Eifert's a no, free agent. Would. Eifert's you, a free agent after this year. And, and here's the other thing: who knows with Perfect? Like, I, I right. honestly, I have not. I know the last time we talked, it was I was I laughed at you about the trade thing, but like, if he gets injured three games into this year, which would be week seven, and misses five weeks or six weeks, you might be like. All right, let's gauge his interest and actually trade him this offseason. Like it might get to that point. And if well, it, what about the new helmet and tackle rule? I mean, that, that's scary. Over under that he plays eight games because there's no way he's not going to get suspended one more time. You're right. You're right. That that's the thing is is him. I we got to talk about that rule at some point too. So real quick, I do want to get to. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I do want to get to the Carl Lawson linebacker thing. Marvin Lewis says he wants to use him like Peter Bowler a little bit more, get him on the field more. It sounds good. I'm seeing these puff pieces uh, written about that, and I get it. I understand it. You want Carl Lawson on the field more. Two things, because I think casual fans don't understand this, and I, I'm not going to act like I do either. One, Carl Lawson on the field more. I think he's smart enough. I've talked to him. He can be on the field and rush the passer, or if it's a handoff, tackle the running back. Why can't he just be an edge rusher all the time? You're right. Like, he's he's very similar to the size of like a Trent Cole for the Eagles. Uh, Dwight Freeney wasn't much bigger. You know, he these guys can do it. Marvin's looking at it very old school, I think, in this, where, where let's get him on the field more, and it's probably because they still value Michael Johnson, right? So they're thinking Michael Johnson's got to get us 500 snaps still, and so where there's just not enough snaps for Lawson. Maybe he can play linebacker. But here's what I don't have a problem with. They listed him a linebacker last year, and people said, are you concerned to listen to him? And I said, no, because when it comes time for him to play and where he's going to play is nickel right defensive end, he's going to rush the passer. And that could be 500 to 650 of your 1,000 snaps a year, and that's fine. He only ended up playing just shy of 500 last year because he had injuries and, and you know, some games defenses or offenses didn't allow the Bengals to get in their nickel package all game. So you would like to create ways for Lawson to get on the field just a little bit more. Um, I have no problem with that. I also have no problem with saying Peter Bulwer. I have a little bit of problem with saying Peter Bulwer because it's 20 years ago. I wish he would have sent Vaughn Miller. And while Lawson isn't the talent of Vaughn Miller, the way defenses and offenses are now are much different. And because of it, Vaughn Miller's role is more likely to be what you're going to get out of a role for Carl Lawson. And the difference is I went back and watched these old games of the Ravens to watch Peter Bulwer. And they played a, a, a this playoff game against the Titans. They're in a 4-3 defense for pretty much the, the whole two first drives. And Peter Bowler isn't playing defensive end in a four-down line. He's playing Sam linebacker in a four-down line. He dropped in the coverage six times in the first eight snaps and only rushed one time. And they got into a nickel on a third and 14, and he finally played defensive end and rushed, and, and he really didn't even rush because it was a stunt. But so in, in the first... 25 snaps, he got one rush from defensive end. And I'm like, that's, that's not a good comparison for Lawson. If you're doing that with Lawson, we should all have a problem with that. And that's what I, for, for comparison, I went to go watch Vaughn Miller and just watch, a, I think, watch the playoff game from the year they won the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And I looked at his stats. He dropped in the coverage this last year only 33 times all year, twice a game. The Bengals do that with their defensive ends twice a game anyway. So that's not, it's a non-issue. The difference is, the, the, you're, in, you're in your nickel. Your nickel is the starting. So five defensive backs, two linebackers, four rushers. For the, for the Broncos, that means three defensive linemen and Vaughn Miller is standing up as a defensive end. His role is still defensive end. He is not a linebacker. He is not a linebacker at all. When he makes the Pro Bowl as a linebacker, it's stupid because he is rushing the passer from the edge position. He is defending the run from the edge position. The only difference is most of the time he is standing up. Almost all the time he's standing up. Lawson stood up at Auburn and moved and played left and right. He could do it, but it, he was effective with his hand down also. So for me, if you say Vaughn Miller, and we're going to play more of a three-three-five nickel, which is three down linemen, three linebackers, but really Lawson is not a linebacker. He's an edge player. He's going to play on the edge. You're going to one gap on your defensive line. It's no different than what you're playing now, but it gets Lawson on the field much more often in almost every single play, and I'm okay with that. But because Marvin said Peter Bowler, and I go back and watch that, and it looks so dated and so old, and nobody could do that right now. No one will play like that right now. It, it frustrated me. 
Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car. That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me, switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't want to do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. <laughs> He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. What do you got coming up on The Athletic? Well, I've got that. I'm going to flesh that out completely. I'm going to have clips and, and, and videos of that, examples, breakdown of you know defenses a little bit more. Finishing up the top three prospects for center because I really do love them. I, I think any of them would be a great fit. But I'm also putting a lot of Travis Frederick and um, and, and Frank Pollock, ah. offensive schemes and running stuff, how often they they ran outside zone, inside zone, man blocking, gap stuff, compared to what the Bengals did. So you can see why it's important. Because I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, they're going to go to a power scheme. I even think, um, um, oh, what's his name, the writer for NFL, I can't remember now, mock draft. But he gave them, uh, I think Connor Williams, one of his mock drafts, and he said the Bengals are going to a more power scheme. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're not. Not based on what Frank Pollock ran. They're not based on what the Cowboys people told me. So they're looking for zone blockers. They're looking for, and it's going to work great with Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon if they can get it. So you need athleticism and length. 
and he liked former left tackles. So guys like Isaiah Wynn and Connor Williams and Mike McGlinchey, even if you got to move Connor Williams to guard or Isaiah Wynn to guard, I, those guys will attract him. I think James Daniels, Frank Ragnow at center will attract him. So um, I got all that coming, and, and that one's taking a while because it's going to probably end up being like 3,000 words. So if you like to read a lot, that'll be one for you. Yeah, I can't wait to check that out. And here's the thing. I – I tweeted you jokingly about this when Orlando Brown put up a pathetic 12 reps of 225. And I, I got to let you know now, Joe, last time I, I've been working on my bench. You know, I try okay. to stay active. I've been working on my bench since that day. Okay. I was like, screw that 300 and something pound guy who had all of his life. He prepared all of his life and he should have came up ready for his interview. Made me mad. So last time I did uh, the bench press at the gym, I got it 12 times. With that being, with that being said... The goal how, is, much, how big are you? How much you weigh? I weigh uh, on a light day 170, heavy day 175. Now, okay. now, the goal is 20. And I'm not, because no one knows, I could be BSing you right now. So I'm going to do video proof, and I'm okay. going to need you to put together some kind of draft profile. I will do that. Maybe, maybe a web. All your measurements, though. An you athletic web. That's the thing is is the drills like that's the, I'm gonna have to research and I need to train for them because I obviously if you train for something then so oh they all train <laughs> they they train yeah. for months so yeah you definitely you should so I, I work out regularly I get some cardio in but the the three cone draw all that stuff I need to work on but just letting you know I haven't forgot at some point I want to get this done I don't know when you know I'll be able to get you all the numbers but I will do it with video proof it it, awesome. won't, it won't be me faking it and saying oh yeah I ran a four three. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that motivated you. I'm glad that player's failure motivated Hell, you. Oh, so yeah, that's much. so damn embarrassing. That's <laughs> like right now, I could do more than he did at the combine, and he's three. The worst part is, and he's he got long arms. I get it, but come on, it doesn't matter. That, I, listen, long arms matters in benching. I'm not saying that. I mean, he should have had more than twelve. Agreed. When I say that, doesn't matter. Hey, you know, he should have, at least if you're weak or on the offensive line or not in condition, you give me eighteen, nineteen, twenty. You don't get twelve. There's a punter that just did thirteen yesterday at a pro day. See, see, I'm I'm as strong as the punter. I'm I, with you. That's, let that stuff motivate you. That's what it should do. The sports should motivate you that way. Let these athletes that are blessed with this size and athleticism fail and be your motivation. I watched Captain America: The Winter Soldier the other night, and I did twelve push-ups. So you should be proud of me for that. Yes. Because that that movie will make you want to do some push-ups. No doubt about it. Um, the other thing, I, I'll rant about this for a second, and I, just because I feel comfortable talking to you about it, no one else is listening, even though you know they are. Um, <laughs> the uh, Adam Jones posts his workouts, and he's doing like like the other day. I saw like seventy pound dumbbells, and I'm like, Adam, you're not strong enough to do that anymore, man. You got to do more. You got to do more than seventy pounds. Like a lot of guys are doing seventy pounds. Is that bad? Adam Jones is a strong dude. He's much stronger than me, but like weight wise, well, he's skinny though, right? Yeah, no, I mean, there, no, he but he's thick. Like he's, like he's thick. Seventy five, one eighty before. Like people think John Ross is skinny, right? And he's he is small, but like he's cut. <laughs> like he's got muscle. Like it's not same but, thing with, with Adam Jones. Skinny is different than going to the grocery store skinny. Correct. You know, those, like Adam Jones being skinny would still beat up all your friends you know what I mean? and yeah and me and orlando brown i mean yeah, adam jones is a bad dude yeah, though like he's <laughs> oh he would kick orlando brown's ass i would bet all the money adam jones well, would like gou he'd gouge his eyes out or something like he's nasty like a, on his back like a like you know like a spider monkey all crazy <laughs> oh it's like i might rather fight it's dead serious i might rather fight vontez than orlando or than not orlando than uh, than pac-man Really? I think I might. Because, like... Because of the craziness? I don't know, man. Pac-Man like, comes off as crazy, but doesn't... Wouldn't Perfect turn into, you know, his on-the-field self? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I get it. Perfect, I, I, he, he's big. <laughs> but I don't know. Who would you want to fight? Say, like, who's one player on the Bengals you think you... <laughs> you All right, what are you doing to me? Who would I want to I know, fight? No, I'm not asking you this question. I'm sorry. I'll open you, and you'd be like, Shane Graham. <laughs> He's not on the team anymore. No, like, even Randy Bullock's got some weight I on me. I was going to say. I think some kickers might fuck you up. Yeah, like, Randy Bullock looks... He's built like a bowling ball. Like, I don't... Um... I mean, the natural thing would be, like, Alex Erickson, but he's still, like, he's still a little... He's taller than me for sure. He'd probably still beat me. I'd be able to hold my own, though, maybe against him. 
But there's not many. Like five nine, five nine and a half. Like my that's the thing is my web is going to be really bad measurements wise. Five nine and a half. Not if we we can put you at corner, so you get measured with them. Um, you're still going to be no short. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm thinking about I'm short and white. I got to play for New England, and I got to be well, a running run, back would help. Running back, running back would or, be or wide you, receiver. Right. Julian Edelman. He's still like right. six foot tall though. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, it sucks. Sucks being short. So my web's gonna suck, but uh, I'm, I, I yeah, haven't my, forgot my about it. My web will only be the height and, and weight, and then everything else will be completely zero or one on the athleticism. What, what's your height? About just under six three. And about oh damn, you're tall. I am tall. Well, hey, spoiler alert: Joe and I have never met in person. <laughs> damn, I'd be dunking if I was sick. Can you dunk? No, I can't dunk. <laughs> I just told you my athletic web would be really no. Listen, it's not that I'm not athletic. It's just that I'm 31 with three kids, and I listen. I ran the other day down to the park and back, and I felt fine. But I just don't do it as much as I used to. Yeah, no, I get it. No, you heck, we were talking like a month ago. You said you played wide receiver in high school, so there you go. That's why you hate Odell I, Beckham because you you weren't him. That's it. That's not it. That's <laughs> not because he could do things you can never do. I like playing every position, to be honest with you. Defensive end uh, was a fun play. You know, I was 165, 155 in high school. That's the fun part about high school, man, is if, like, you're aggressive, <laughs> you can play right. a bunch of different spots. He's Joe well, Goodberry. Everyone, Go ahead. I was just going to say, because everyone's just out there doing whatever they want, especially if you're not in a very serious high school or good program. Yeah, that's it. Some of them, especially here in Cincinnati, they're very serious. But, yeah. I well, Ohio football, man. People yeah. take it seriously. I, and I don't blame them because they get, they get dollars, scholarships and stuff. He's Joe Goodberry on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry, that athletic web. I See, I got to get to 20 first. Like, it's easy to go from 4 to 12, you know, let's just say. It, it's hard to go from 12 to 20. <laughs> Your so, 20 at receiver or corner would be pretty good. Not not so good at running back, but at receiver and corner, be, yeah, that'd be solid. All right, yeah, receiver. That's what I want to be. I'll, I'll okay. put myself. We'll do receiver then. But you got You're gonna have to. Have, you're gonna have to run some routes and have Tony Pike throw you some balls, and so we can see. That's happened already. That's happened already. Tony Pike throws hard, man. My hands hurt. <laughs> it's hard to catch him, right? Like, not gonna lie. Yeah, his, my hands hurt afterwards. Uh, but he didn't say anything about my speed, so I think my speed was up to par. Really? Didn't say anything. That's my, nice. my hand size. My, I have tiny hands. I have women hands. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. So that that's the problem. But maybe I'll just lie about my. I hand don't. Size. I don't have. I just under nine inches. Because like in the combine, when everyone does their hand size, so for being almost six three. At nine inch hands, they'd be like, "You, you can't play quarterback. You're out of here." Yeah, they'd tell me I can't play. So, Joe, <laughs> I appreciate it. I will uh, chat with you soon. Make sure you check him out at the Athletic on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. You're the man. This was uh, a lot of fun, and I will uh, get to benching. Sounds good, James. Great stuff there from Joe Goodberry. I thought the back and forth was good. Look, uh, I get the Odell Beckham thing. I like elite talent. I like a guy like that. I think they could still improve the offensive line. Improve. What did they do last year on the defensive line? They improved it. When? In the middle rounds. I think they could do the same as that music gets uh, louder than I thought it would be. But I think they could do the same this year with the offensive line. Center in round two. Guard, right tackle, round three. Doesn't mean the, the tackle's starting. I don't think the Bengals are interested in snagging a, a right tackle super early unless the right guy's there. Mike McGlinchey. I'd be willing to give up the, the chance that McGlinchey falls the 21 if it means getting Odell Beckham Jr. A lot at LockedOnBengals.com. Check that out. Thanks to Joe for joining us. And as always, because here's the thing. There's a lot. I said it on yesterday's podcast. There's a lot of guests coming your way, including Dan Orlovsky, former NFL quarterback, now analyst. He's done made his way throughout the, the media game, will join me on the podcast, uh, and a lot more. A lot, a lot of guests planned for you. The next uh, couple weeks as we get, we're a month away from the draft. Lamar Jackson's pro days today. He's not running the 40 because he's a quarterback and he wants to show it. I love it. I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked on Bengals podcast until tomorrow. I'm James Rapine. Subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. I mean, Google Play, LockedOnBengals.com. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions? 
did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.